Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, before we get started with my interview with Sarah, just to give you a heads up, there was a bit of some tech issues where she cut in and out a little bit. I did my best to clear it up, but in case you're listening and you're like, hmm, this doesn't sound like the normal sound, uh, that is why. So I apologize, but I think that Sarah's message and story is very amazing. It's a a great thing to learn about. So I hope you will listen throughout the whole thing. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Hey guys, today I'm here with Sarah. So Sarah Hunold is the founder and president of Freedom Rings, a nonprofit that helps build communities and an individual sense of community by uniting military families with extraordinary community members to do extraordinary acts for others. This all came after Her husband, a Marine, received orders that moved them from Southwest Arizona, Sarah's hometown. Oh, I hate it when I hear that. See, I I met my husband who was not in my hometown and I knew I had to move, but it stinks when you're in your hometown and then you have to move, Uh, to the east end of Long Island 10 days after their second child was born. Together, they decided it was best for Sarah to leave teaching for a time to be a stay-at-home mom with their 15-year-old and newborn. And it was during this period of staying home, in quotation marks, I like that, that Sarah really discovered her need for contribution, sense of community, and greater purpose. Fulfilling these needs turned into the creation of Freedom's Ring to help others proactively increase their own sense of community and personal contribution to the betterment of America. So Sarah, you shared with us a little bit in your bio about how you started Freedom Ring, but I I really want to know, like, the details. Like, why? I mean, everybody, yes, in the military community, there's a lot of um, people who volunteer, but you take it to another level that I don't often see in the military community. So you want to share with us how, what was this decision making? What were you feeling at the time? How'd you get here? Yeah, so... It really was the catalyst of losing that sense of purpose of not having an outside job. So I was home with our 15-month-old and newborn. Um, I guess I never really had an image of what I was going to do with kids. Like I just kind of thought they were an accessory to life. Um, never really had this thought of, do I work? Do I stay at home? Um, and it made sense for that particular time that it, that it was happening. And I just, I never really experienced a period of loneliness or isolation like that. Um, and so I feel like I have pretty good resiliency factors and coping mechanisms to combat that from knowing about sense of community and knowing about um, community service and stuff like that and how it just kind of helps you feel like you're contributing, um, even if you're not able to have that chance to have a, a career at that time or a job at that time. And so it was really three pieces that came together was my life. Um, coming across a book of hearing about veterans, organizations who are 
focusing on continued service and how well that was working for bringing veterans home from war um, and reactivating them with a sense of purpose and sense of pride. And then also seeing other research in psychology about service, about community participation and the well-being behind that. Um, and it's well-being for the individual and well-being for the country. The more things that we do strengthen our communities and get that neighborly aspect, the better our country is. And we see that like in Houston after Hurricane Harvey, like they were able to come together as a community and heal from a lot of that, help um, expedite that process of cleaning and taking care of their city. And that comes from having that community. Other communities aren't necessarily as resilient when stuff like that happens. And we see it damage that community, but um, communities that have that neighborly aspect, that's good for America too. So that knowing that research and having that research really kind of put that in my mind as, hey, we can do a step further and maybe give lunch for military spouses, but we also want to include the community into it because you can't unite just one side. You have to have both sides to unite, but to really have that purpose behind your volunteerism, uh, that it's not just, hey, I went and did something, but it was, hey, we did an extraordinary act for others. We did something extraordinary today, even if you didn't think that helping at the food bank was extraordinary that day. It really was, because if you weren't there, stuff wasn't going to happen. I like that. And I like how you brought together that a lot of times, you know, my podcast isn't just military spouse base. Um, it's for women of all walks of life. And a lot of times there's a separation between civilian and military. And what we really want is that to come together because if we're, we're not coming together in that moment, um, then there continues to be this divide. So how have you seen where your community projects have helped bring the local communities. I know you guys are spreading out amongst all over the place. I just saw you post not too long ago that you're looking for people in um, the Hampton Roads area, Virginia Beach, that sort of area. Uh, how has this helped the community and military military community and civilian community come closer together? So we're a pretty new organization from last fall when we started. And um, so our findings are anecdotal, not research right now. Uh, but where I'm at right now, we're on an independent duty station. So there's no base around us. So mm -hmm. it's really, um, when we do our community service events, one of the important things that we do is it's always out of the base walls is kind of our purpose is go out into the community. Um, two is we're working with an organization in the community. So that organization is gonna stay there even when we leave. And so um, like here in Ohio, we did, um, we worked on um, Memorial Day. There was a group that did uh, put out like nearly 3000 flags in a park and they have this weekend um, that has a 5K and prayer and everything that happens on this weekend. Um, and we helped set up some of those flags. And so that was, we got to meet some people as we were working on that. We got to know that a community event was happening. We got to see other people enjoy the work that we had done. Um, and so that's kind of how it all works out, but that we get to know what is happening, who else we can contact. 
um, leaving with business cards, kind of making it like a different kind of networking, but um, that's focused on service and participation. And the uniting factor is just being side by side of people um, and building relationships that way. Speaking of relationships, how has this personally served you? Have you found new fun friendships? Um, have you formed new, like you said, networking? Obviously, how has, how has what you are doing served you in a relationship capacity? I've met several people through this. Um, so we have a here in Virginia Beach who's um, starting up the, the unit there. And we've actually never met um, personally. We've only met online and talking and stuff like that. Um, it's brought together um, the board that we have is people that I had connections with, never really worked with. And now we're in a more working environment. Like that. And then um, the people that we have worked with, we have, I guess we have got bonded more where we are looking to do more social things. So we talk about community participation and that'd be like socials and stuff like that. So now we have a, we're going to go 4th of July fireworks and in, like an open invitation, but Hey, we're going to go do something. Let's have a picnic. Let's bring the kids. Let's bring everybody and be together for this instead of, Hey, I'm on my own or whatnot. Um, and so, so we try to do those different things, but it has helped me help me stay busy myself, keep the, have something for the kids to do. Um, we have, a, since there's a lot of kids in our area, um, we do a lot of things that are focused on the kids and then also being able to then spin that off of onto different socials and different fun activities as well. And you're, you mentioned your kids, how old are your kids and, and how have you seen this benefit them besides the hanging out? Do they, are they at an age that they can appreciate what you guys are doing and see the value in it? Not yet. I, I, I don't think yet. There's, um, they're five year, five, four and two right now. Um, with that, we did a painting job last year where we painted a fence for parks and rec and we invited the kids to help us. And, um, we painted this fence and it turns out that this fence is on the parade route. And so when we sit for, to watch the 4th of July parade, we can see this fence in the background. And they still say, hey, do you remember when we painted that fence? Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of see that there is a pride of contribution. Um, they don't know any about the need of contribution or um, that serving factor. But I think it's really important as parents, and this goes for all um, financial health, whatever, of modeling behavior. To see us serve, when we get to teach them, have these parts that, Yes, it is a little bit more inconvenient to paint a fence with a five-year-old or a four-year-old, um, but it does teach them that they can do something, that they are capable of doing that. And um, and then that also allows it to turn into more of a social thing when you're not just so driven on the impact or the result, but on the building and the relationships of this, um, that kind of opens up opportunities, especially for kids to value what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think it's um, definitely, I don't want people to miss the value for adults because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? It's just like, they're like, why does it have to be this hard? Where do I meet my people? But you have a place now that 
you can meet your people when you're out in the community like this and you run across people that obviously have similar interests as that you do and your kids are able to meet other kids who have similar interests and you know families are um you know they have great backgrounds because you don't just see like random families uh wanting to you know give back to the community it's usually you know people have big hearts and and want to have that to be able to and in your uh in your bio and everything that you filled out for me you mentioned and you mentioned earlier about positive psychology where does that come into play with this so so i was a school teacher my master's that i'm completing right now is in school counseling with an emphasis in positive psychology so uh there's been a lot of research on that and just real quick i want to emphasize that positive psychology isn't just hey everything's rosy and stuff it's study what's going well in life and how can we duplicate this mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of research on how to improve well-being how to do stuff and that some a lot of that research come into our organization so um we try to use a hashtag um, extraordinary others and it's kind of hard because a lot of people don't want to brag about the good that they're doing and so it's hard to get people to say hey use the hashtag because they're like well that sounds self-serving instead of being selfless and serving and and I totally get that but the research says it, what people see is what they will imitate so if we could show them the kindness that's happening in the world, the good things that we're doing, our communities being put together, how people will view their communities. That's what people will do. And that your sphere of influence will start to emulate that. And so um, trying to balance both of that, because I do understand that it, it is really awkward to sit there and say, hey, look what I did, get me likes or whatever. But if you're not looking for the likes, you're looking for hey, this is something positive sending out on Twitter and Twitter has nothing positive ever. And <laughs> you start thinking of it, hey, this is more purposeful. Um, but having a sense of purpose is so important um, in well-being. Uh, making a contribution is a big component of having purpose. Um, feeling that you are needed or that you are providing a greater good um, with your life. Is something that's that that's important to your life um, and well-being and happiness overall. So I think um, there's a lot of elements that we're seeing from positive psychology that comes in to how we work as an organization. I I was just gonna say that uh, another key part of is um, one of the big findings in positive psychology is knowing that relationships are what matter in life and that. The happiest people are people who are able to say, I'm resilient because of my relationships and have these um, strong sense of communities around them. And so that's kind of what everything points back to is how can we use community service, community participation to make you more connected to other people. I like that. And that kind of goes to what I was going to ask was, 
explain to us a little bit about that, that sense of purpose and that sense of fulfillment. Cause maybe somebody has never volunteered. Maybe somebody has never contributed and they are listening. They're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Sarah. Like, what is this that you're talking about? Can you, can you share with us a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah. I, I want to clear volunteering isn't the only way to have a sense of purpose, right? Um, mm-hmm. That you can find it in your work. You can find it in your family. You can find it in friendships. Um, that there's, there's a bunch of ways that you can get your sense of purpose. Um, but most of the time, if you have a good sense of purpose, it's because you are looking beyond just yourself, that you are serving something greater than yourself. And that when you have your focus and you say, that's the difference between a teacher who loves their job and is willing to do stuff for their students and a teacher who is just there to take a paycheck and sitting back between a really enthusiastic entrepreneur and one who's just trying to make money and um, working on that. So purpose kind of really um, feels you. And I would say with volunteering, if for someone who hasn't done it, I think of it a lot like exercise. Um, Sometimes when you exercise, you don't feel great right away. Like it, I feel like it takes a little bit to get that where you feel really good after you work out and you feel really bad when you don't. volunteering is kind of similar in that aspect is you can't go out and volunteer to say like, you know what, I'm having a bad day. If I go out and volunteer, then I'm going to have a good day. If you try to put that focus on yourself, like I'm going to do this because I want this, it's not going to work out. But if you're saying, Hey, I'm having a bad day. I've, it's been a bad week. I've just feel like I've been in the house all day and all I do is watch TV on my phone. Let me go out and be with people. They call it a helper's hot and, it's not self-serving to give volunteer, but you get a lot of benefits to it um, that reflect back onto you. I like that. Uh, I know I had never, I did a lot of volunteering, uh, volunteer work when I was growing up uh, because in school I was part of key club in high school and stuff like that. And you're right at first is, it is kind of like, you know, <laughs> exercising at first you're like, I don't see the point in this, but after a while when you get enough, like, you know, thank, you know, thank you for that or appreciation, or you just start to see your work, um, in the community, making a difference that really starts to be heartwarming. It doesn't even have to be a thank you that you get, but then you see like, you know, it's helping. One of the things I did is I volunteered for the boys and girls club, um, through key club and to see those little kids who don't have a place to go afterwards after school and that's where they're going and see their their hearts light up because you read them a story or you're helping them out with their homework it's it, it is something that is hard to explain to other people until you've been there and you've been able to see the um what you get from that uh, and i noticed a sense of when i was volunteering that you know it's just this 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 sort of feeling that you just can't describe to other people that you see the the work that you've put into it and it, it helps, it helps fill your heart full of joy, you know, and you just, you just see like, um, so what have been some times that you've actually seen that with the work you've done, like that, that heartwarming, 
you know, and maybe it wasn't a thank you, but maybe you saw the work you did contribute in the community in a certain way. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, when we were doing the flags, um, there's a part where a 5k runs kind of through these flags and that's kind of the end of the, their 5k, the finish lines right there. And you could see people as they're going through it, just looking around and kind of really putting of Memorial weekend on that where that now the 5k wasn't just running, but there was a reflection period on that and that you can see that. And that was a pretty cool experience to say you you raise that level of uh, honoring and remembering those who died. And um, the other thing was another instance was I was helping teach citizenship classes and I never got to see someone go all the way through, but I was a high school government teacher. And so I volunteered to teach uh, citizenship classes. And when people were getting those aha moments of, Hey, I'm understanding how this works now. I understand how the government works. Um, that that was pretty helpful to see that happen, and that these people were going to be new citizens, and understanding what they were coming into was a pretty cool experience. And you mentioned government, and obviously teaching citizenship to people wanting to come to the United States. And you mentioned earlier how that could provide more of a sense of community and um, more sense of coming together in the United States. How do you think that what you're doing is helping us come closer together? I think the most, the most thing that I see about communities is we, we don't talk to people anymore. We don't, um, there's a great book, um, Bowling Alone, and it talks about not knowing who your neighbors are anymore and how if you asked like your parents or your grandparents there and say, oh, Susie down the road was a teacher and they had four kids and could tell you what those four kids did and Bill across the street did this and they could tell you about their lives and we don't do that as much. And that's a decay that is much harder to fix. And all it does take is you to walk outside and say hi to your neighbors. Um, so I think in the big impact that we would love to see on communities is people spending less time inside watching TV or on their phones and more time outside talking to one another. Um, and I think with that, you also start to get where you can get help from on different things. Um, I, I never really thought of like our family as needy or we ever need help, but I'm so amazed at what the community is willing to do for military families. Like a Christmas tree, our kids' first bikes, um, Thanksgiving dinner, all because people, we were out and people had told us, oh, if you go over here, the USO is doing the events. You could have cookies with Santa. Or if you go over here, um, Team RWB is doing this with veterans and trying to get people together. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool that the community cares that much to do stuff and that that's what we could be providing too is, hey, here's more opportunity to do stuff, unite with us and serve others 
because um, we'd like to give back to the communities who have given us so much um, and help with different issues that they're facing. Yeah, and I see a lot with military families, and not just military families, but like families that move to a new place, is they'll get there and they be, maybe for their job, maybe it is um, on the civilian sector and maybe it's for their job they had to move or, you know, like I said, military families, they have to move all the time, um, is they get there and I'll see them post, oh, I hate it here. This is the most awful place ever. I can't wait to move, uh, you know, only two more years till I get to move someplace else. And my whole I idea around that is, you're there for several years at least, you might as well enjoy it. And I feel like you're hitting the nail on the head here as if people got out into the community and actually did things and actually participated, they would see and discover amazing parts, even the most like random of places where they're like, there's no way there's something here in the middle of Mississippi. But then there is when you actually go and you take the time to discover that. Um, I live in Norfolk, Virginia, that's near Virginia Beach. And even here, I'll see people move here and they're like, I hate it here. There's nothing to do. And I'm like, do you not, do you not walk outside your door? Like, this is like, this is like a vacation destination. There is so much to do around here. Um, but I just think that people don't take the time to go out there and actually discover that. Um, so I like how you pointed out that we do, we need to walk outside our door, um, get out from behind our TV and our technology and actually discover like, who is that? I mean, my grandparents and my parents could have told you all of her neighbors and all the families in my school. My mom could have told you all about them and the different people. And, um, I can be honest, like, I know my neighbors have a daughter named Nikki. <laughs> That's about it. And I know the neighbors on the other side are from Ecuador because um, he helped me shovel my driveway and he talked to me about it. But I wouldn't have known that had I not actually had those conversations with them. Um, but there's definitely more I could learn about them. Um, so I, I like how you pointed that out, how you, that we need to, to get outside. And this is actually giving people an opportunity. Um, what are some ways that people can um, help out in their own community that you've discovered? Maybe they don't have Freedom Ring near them that they could actually get involved with. Um, what are other places that they could get involved with? So I'm a big joiner. I like to join groups and I, I think a lot, most groups have, you can have any level of activity that you want to be there. So I like to join all sorts of groups when I get to a new place so that I could see what kind of events they're doing. And if I like it, go, if I don't, then leave or just not show up again. Um, but really try to go out. Um, I think the first ones that I always do are the spouses clubs on base. Um, Team RWB is a veterans group. Um, they do a lot of physical activities, um, but they do a lot of community events. Um, I follow like the city pages. I like the local newspaper over like national newspapers to um, find events or just even looking at Facebook events. But um, one of the things too about the community aspect of finding people is all the time people are doing things at your local library or at City Hall or different places that they're trying to show different people in the community. So um, we had this one time where our kids went to this event where there were Holocaust survivors. And like our mm -hmm. kids, again, are pretty young. They don't know anything about that. 
but we went up to the stage and talked to one of the survivors and he was like, you know, when the kids learn this, they're going to learn it from a book. They're not going to be able to have this conversation. Um, and so like we took a picture with him and like told him like, now they'll know your story while they're reading the textbook. And, but those people are in our communities now that we could be gathering that wealth of knowledge. And I mean, and you could think of any sort of situation. It could be history, like Holocaust survivor or World War II veterans. Um, but it could just be, um, everybody has a story, your local mechanic, whatnot, somebody who can teach you something different or um, tell you something different. They had construction day at the, at the library where they had different construction trucks for the kids. Um, they got to learn a lot of stuff and talk to people who were in those fields. So um, just going on Facebook is where we find most of our events and saying, Hey, let's go to this construction thing. Let's talk to people. Let's see how we could help out. What are the next things that they're doing that they might need help or just participation in. But um, you'll talk to communities all the time where they're saying, you know what, our participation numbers are down. We're going to stop doing this event. And you're like, this is a good event. Like, yeah. if we just showed up to it instead of saying, oh, I don't need this, um, we lose a lot of treasure that way. Yeah, and I get that. I, I host local meetups in my area for women in my area. And I'll see that sometimes. There was a, a while that I was like, I'm just not going to host these anymore because nobody's showing up. And I've tweaked a few things and learned a few things where, I mean, I don't ever want to get to get to the place where I have like 20 women showing up because then I won't have the opportunity to be able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with all of them. But I also don't want to like just one or two of us, it's the same one or two people. But I'm finding that there's a few ways to tweak that and that people are, are coming out. You just got to find their, their interest in, in the right spot. But I love how you pointed out there are lots of amazing things going on in local communities. And when people don't show up to them, then they stop stop being it's kind of like anybody who's in the military community was they always say you know if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> so it's the same thing is if you're not showing up and going out and doing these things they'll stop doing all the amazing things I'm from a small town but there was always things going on you know, maybe that it's the the local you know high school team is having a football game that you can meet people at or maybe they're deciding to paint some of the buildings downtown or you know, there's always like little festivals and stuff going on, even in small towns that we can go and enjoy and meet new people and then get connected with different people who could say, hey, this is an opportunity that you could help out with. This is an opportunity you could help up with. I remember one year we painted the ice rink in my town. Like that was one of the things we did. And it was, it's a very small town, like only a handful of stoplights in it, so it's not very big. I graduated with uh, 75 kids were in my graduating class. It was, it's a very small town. Um, but we did. We painted the ice rink, and there's and different ways to, to help out and to get to know people because now I live in a large city, and I'm like, how do I get to know those people? Well, how I've gotten to know those, those people in my city is being – you know, being involved in different things. And it doesn't always have to be painting the ice rink, but it can be like you pointed out, Sarah, is, you know, joining this club or that one and, and maybe it won't work out. Maybe you're like, uh, after a couple of times, you're like, this is not my thing. Or maybe you will find your people where you are and be like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's the Mecca people. And you get super excited. And, and that's what happened to me. I was here for years 
and I didn't go do anything. I just was kind of a homebody. And then once I started getting involved in different groups, yeah, I found some that not so great, but then I found some that I got, I made some really amazing friends and, and friends that even when I move away from here will be lifelong friends. Have you also found those lifelong friends with what you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to say, um, we had a friend in New York who, this is before freedom started, but, um, this is where we really expanded our, our definition of extraordinary act. She invited us over every Thursday night and cooked for us. And at the time, a huge blessing. And she would have told you that friends, but that again goes to serving builds relationships and that even to your best friends and to your family you could be doing extraordinary acts for others. And if we had that other mindset, that our relationships would get stronger and better. And yeah, we definitely talk often on Facebook and social media. Um, but it, it's really amazing that once you, once you have shared experiences, that's a pretty easy way to build relationships, friendships. And that's kind of what our purpose is, is just to do things together. And our things happen to be service and participation but we'd be happy if those aren't your things to help you find physical fitness or music or whatever it is and say, Hey, there's probably other groups who are doing things together and are trying to build relationships on those shared experiences. Yeah. Not oh, last year I had Shasta Nelson on the podcast. She's a friendship expert and in her books, uh, friendships just don't happen in friend intimacy. She talks about the importance of having friendships because even if we're married, our spouse can't be all of the things to us. And that's a lot to ask of one person. And actually in her book, she points out that we're like healthy relationships actually help with your physical and mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having those social aspects, um, I can't remember what the study was, but they talked about that like lifelong longevity wasn't just, did you get married and have a happy marriage, but did you get married and do you have other relationships that are meaningful to you in life? Um, and that those two factors led to longevity of just having people around you. Um, but yeah, definitely friendships. Um, I'm happier when I have a girl's night and my husband notices that like, Hey, like you're happier. You went out with friends. And I mean, and we're even like, we, we do a lot of date nights together. Um, but it's, it's a different kind of night when you're out with other people too, when you're doing double dates or out as a group and stuff that that's, that's a really enjoyable night. Um, I think some of our better nights have been that way. So um, it takes a little bit of coordination, which is always the resistance to this. But um, I think my philosophy is always like, keep trying, just whatever can do, um, just keep trying to build that connection with people that you want, um, the good people around you. Absolutely. And it has been my goal this year to be very intentional about spending time with those people that I'm closest with. And that also means like, so every weekend I have some kind of social engagement going on, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or like 
this upcoming weekend, I mean, by the time people hear this, it's not the same weekend, but on um, this upcoming weekend is actually my birthday weekend. So I'm getting together with a bunch of girlfriends and enjoying some wine. And I look forward to those times as much as I love my spouse. And um, we have a really wonderful marriage and we enjoy spending time together. We also need time apart. And so it's really enjoyable that we have that I have those friendships and I can get out and I can spend time with them. But also to, to backtrack a little bit about what you said about the study, not only is it longevity because you have those relationships, but say your spouse, because of old age, um, passes before you, you find that those people are able to, you know, stay healthy, stay alive, stay active because they have those other relationships. Supportive relationships are essential to your sense of community. Um, and I think that it's any angle that it can come from is always going to be a positive experience for you. Um, and I could just think about the difference of knowing that my kids are going to a school where I feel like they're supportive teachers and we're on the same page as that. That, that's, that means that school is kind of something that I don't have to worry as much about because I know that that's a supportive relationship that we have there. Um, and so I could just think about different aspects of life that way of being, okay, if it's supportive, then it's not a burden to me as much as, as it is when it's not supportive. And now I got to worry about this and think about changing schools or whatever factors come into play on that. Um, but that, uh, that's how you measure sense of community. One of the aspects of it is supportive relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And that's huge, especially when you're moving to a new area and you're uncomfortable because you don't know anybody. But when you get out and you're able to talk to people like, hey, how's this school that my kids are going to go to? And they can reassure you, hey, it's a fantastic school. All the teachers are great. You know, that sort of thing where you feel kind of calm. I remember when we first moved, my we got actually rezoned and my daughter got moved to the school that all my kids are, have gone to now. And I remember when I first got there, I was so nervous and I met some like really like friendly, you know, people that were like, Hey, how are you? And I just felt, wow. Okay. I feel comfortable now. You know, I feel like I understand I've gotten to know the teachers and the office staff and the principal and everything. So now I know that if I have an issue, I know that I can go in there and there's not going to be an, there's not going to be a problem. You know, I can, I know that I can send my kids there every day and I feel good. I know that if I go there, I have to be buzzed in. So that makes me feel really safe <laughs> with my kids, you know, that sort of thing where right. I agree, like having that sense of community, um, however you find it can help you feel more comfortable and safer in your environment. And then the stress level is not as high. That's one less thing you have to worry about you know, on top of all the other things that you have in your life. Um, but as we close this out, Sarah, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you would like to share with the Inspired Women audience? The other piece that becomes important to this is, and why we picked volunteerism as our vehicle to um, build sense of community, is increasing that ownership that you have in your life and in the community around you that that will be a positive experience for you. Um, that when um, volunteering allows you to kind of say, you know what, I'm able to contribute and this is my community and it, somebody else isn't going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. And that if each person really believed that you do have special gifts that you can bring to your community. Um, 
that that becomes really powerful that somebody does need your skills, your contributions, um, that it's not something that other people can do for you, um, that our communities would be missing without your gifts that you have, um, that nobody else can really duplicate. And that would be something that hopefully we can do through a fellowship program later on as we develop our communities, um, is really get that intentional one person how do, how do I find where my skill is that, um, and build, doing that ownership piece, but, um, that with social interaction, having a sense of purpose in that ownership, um, really allows you to have a fuller picture of well-being. Yeah. I like how you pointed out the ownership piece and I'm glad you did because when we feel like we have that ownership of where we are, we're more likely to care about what's going on around us versus just being that person that sits back and is like, I don't care if they do this to the city I live in, or I don't care who gets voted in. I'm only here for a short period of time anyways. Instead, we, we want to care because we, even if we're only going to be there for a short period of time, we want it to be better when we leave instead of, you know, being like, I don't really care because it's not going to affect me anyways, but it affects future generations, which may or may not be our children. You know, you never know where your kids will end up. I know my mom didn't think I was going to end up near Virginia Beach, <laughs> but yeah. here I am. So I, I love how you pointed out for that. And we're going to hook up all of uh, every way that people can connect with you in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. So they can check out Freedom Rings and see how they can get involved. You know, maybe, like I said, you just are, you're starting something here near me. Maybe you'll be starting something near somebody else, or maybe they want to connect with you and see how they could start something up near them. So it's great. And I hope people will connect with you, Sarah. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, absolutely. And thanks for everything that you're doing, because this conversation and then the other conversations that you have about well-being and psychology, it's really helping people talk to talk about the different issues that they have or growth aspects that they're able to take care of. So that's a good. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. I'm glad everybody's seeing that. Cause sometimes I'm like, am I talking to the wall here? <laughs> it listens. So. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.